Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. What is good? My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Jose Quiroz. Jose designs digital sales systems that get you maximum online sales with minimum efforts. With nearly a decade in the digital marketing and e-commerce space, Jose learned how to design a smarter sales system that handles the bulk of the selling for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the best part it doesn't need to eat, sleep, or even take days off. Jose, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. And I got to give you kudos on the last name pronunciation, man. This is a, you nailed it. Yeah, thank you. You know how long it took me to roll my R's? I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, speaking with a gringo accent when I was, you know, I was telling you in a pre-call that I lived in Mexico for a little bit, I would get shit for it all the time, yeah. right? Because it was just like, oh, yeah, listen to this guy. You know, he's the gringo over here. And I'm like, no, I got to figure this out. And especially yeah. when I when I roll off the slang, forget about it. It's really, it's <laughs> yeah, really yeah. something. Well, you're landing it out, man. <laughs> exactly. Jose, can you please give us a, a, a can you please get, uh, give us a quick introduction? Who you are and what makes you amazing? Uh, well, thanks, man. I don't know about amazing, but <laughs> I, I'd like to start off by telling people that I'm an immigrant first. Um, people kind of label me as an entrepreneur or a business owner or just someone who has that self-motivation, but that all came from an immigrant mentality. I was born in Veracruz, Orizaba specifically, came to the States with my family at around two, two and a half years old. Uh, my pop started, my dad had already been doing business in Mexico. He had an insurance office and you know that guy's story is amazing. Um, and when he came to the States, started a janitorial company that reached millions. And and so to me, I always saw that as, as a thing that could be done. Um, I could reach that figure. But what I didn't um, appreciate was the lack of work-life balance that he had. Um, so I took- He probably that, worked his butt off. He worked, his his whole motto was you work 23 hours a day, you sleep one. That, that, and, and, and if we didn't want to wake up for work, he said, you don't want to work today? That's fine. You won't eat today. And then that was the, that was the mottos. But- yeah, so I, you know, I took that work ethic. You know, I I worked janitorial, construction, painting, everything. You know, any anything that uh, in 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 Spanish they call them the mojados, right? The people that come over illegally work um, during college, paid my way through, and you know, through amazing circumstances, I was able to get my residency here and started my career here. I started getting into digital marketing that led to some corporate jobs, doing digital marketing specialists, digital marketing management and strategy. And then I branched off on my own. That's going on about four or five years now that I branched off on my own and doing digital marketing for big brands, companies, and organizations. Amazing. That's an amazing story. Now, when you talk about uh, setting up digital marketing systems for, uh, for businesses, this is not just a traditional you know, let me build you a website and then I'll set you up with a shopping cart or, or with a sales funnel. You actually go a little bit deeper into that, right? 
Yeah, exactly. It's really about the the simplest way I can put it is about taking your sales process and replicating it online, right? So, and this is a perfect time because of COVID. There's always a sales process, whether you're a retailer or you're in B2B consulting or agency, whatever gamut of the of, of the spectrum you're in, there's always a sales process. There's objections that you have to meet from the consumer. There's a trust, no like factor. And then there's also a way of how do I construct this sales process that's scalable, that's repeatable. Um, and that's where I come in to do that digitally because I see a lot in the in the online space, people who specialize in things, right? The niches are in the riches. That's what people say. And so some agencies focus only on social media or influencers, some only affiliates, some only e-commerce. Well, the customer journey starts with all of those touch points because your consumer is on your e-commerce probably on your social media, Googling something, reading a blog form, shopping on Amazon. So you got to identify where that consumer is and what are the different touch points that you have to meet in order to really get that sale. And then once you have that, then how do you replicate that? Because that's the power of the digital world, right? You can scale that up and reach the masses of people. That's really interesting that you say that because um, there are a lot of ways that that people can create uh, these types of sites, right? You know, they can be just, uh, you know, just a one page landing page. It could be, you know, like the whole brochure and, you know, or reach out and contact me. It could even be, you know, like by, uh, by squeeze pages that just, uh, you know, go and collect, uh, that go and collect the minimal amount of information and then you start them and then you start them through the journey. Let's talk a little bit about your one big tip, which is a framework that you put together about uh, that talks about how to get people from, you know, the initial stages of getting them to know, like, and trust you, and then all the way to the scaling phase, which is, you know, the ultimate, you know, the holy grail where you put a dollar in and you get a dollar 20 back. How do you set that up for people? I like that you said uh, you get a dollar, you put a dollar, you get a dollar twenty back. I have a testimonial on my website where my client said, "I like Jose because he understands if I want to invest a dollar, I want to make ten back." <laughs> so I, yeah, I really try to break that. So back. I just went twenty percent. He wants to go, you know, ten thousand. Go for it, man. And and I love when clients are like that because we want stretch goals, right? Granted, we also then manage expectations, but we want stretch goals. Um, so. The one big thing, and I hear this often, and it's um, said in very different ways, run, walk, crawl, or crawl, walk, run approach, test, learn, scale, et cetera. Well, I took that test, learn, scale, and I said, you need to learn before you test, and then you're going to learn some more, and then you're going to scale it. So let me walk you kind of through that. So in the original context of test, learn, scale is you take a strategy and you test it 30 days, 90 days, six months. You learn from it, you make tweaks, you make changes, you try to optimize, you do this and that, and then ideally you scale it up because you've been learning throughout this process of testing. Well, what I've noticed is that when people do that, they're typically testing a strategy. They're, te- they're testing a tactic, a channel of communication, not knowing 100% if that's the correct strategy or, or approach or channel or tool that they should be using. So you got to kind of learn first before you even start the testing. And when I'm talking about this learn phase, the, the phase one of learning is you're going to have to learn two different things. One is who are you? What's your product? What's your service? What's your brand? What's the solution that you provide? What's your ethos of your company? What's your mission statement? What's your vision? You're going to need to know all of that stuff and you're going to need to organize it. And I know a lot of business owners who 
organization is not their strong point, right? So you're going to want to organize that and have a very clear mental picture of who you are. Then another learn phase in that is, okay, this is who I am. This is the solution I, I provide. Who is it that this is right for? Who's the ultimate consumer for this? Then you're going to need to learn them. Where are they now currently in their life? What's the transformation that they're seeking? What's their mindset at? What are the objections that they might have? What is the language that they use, right? Because they could be talking about a certain problem that they have, but you're phrasing it in a different way that they're phrasing it. Therefore, the communication is not going to work out. Also, where are they in this whole market solution approach, right? How aware are they of their own problem? How aware are they of the other solutions to that specific problem? So you're going to, this is really research. And this is really where you start getting into deep diving in strategy. Typically it's, it's extremely time consuming, um, but there's ways that you can do it uh, just for the podcast. I'll give a couple tips. One of the, the low hanging fruits that you can do is voice of consumer research by hitting the internet, hitting social media groups, forums, Amazon reviews, um, blog comments, all that good stuff of once you define that target audience. Because again, it's not just about demographics. Demographics are going to come somewhat easy, right? Their age, their income level, where they live, you know, that's almost elementary at this point because of the algorithm and because of different social platforms that are out there and the data that's there. But now I'm talking about the psychology of it all. And at the end of the day, that's what sales is. It's all psychology. It's understanding who you're trying. There was, um, was it how to win friends and influence people where he said people don't buy the drill they buy the hole right they want the hole so you got to understand what's the hole for why do they need it etc etc so that's my tip for you guys you're going to want to learn learn you learn the person you're trying to change their lives hopefully in a positive way right with the solution that you're providing learn that through that learning, you're going to understand, well, my consumer is on LinkedIn. My consumer is on YouTube. My consumer listening to podcasts. My consumer is playing a lot of mobile games. It's on Twitch. It's on this. That's where you're going to start to identify those things. Then you're going to want to test the strategies that you just learned. Then you're going to learn about that strategy. Well, how do I actually make this platform work? What's the type of content I should be throwing? Is it stories? Is it videos? Is it stuff for the feed? Is is it like Facebook where it's more pay to play now? Even if I try to make organic efforts, it might not work out for me too well. I need to get some ads to a pri private group first before I really nurture them with content, right? Then you're going to be learning that strategy. During that whole test learn phase of it, ideally you're gonna there's there's gonna be some bumps and bruises and some scrapes and you know obviously unless you have a professional who can guide you through it, but you're gonna learn all that stuff. Then you're gonna find the ability to scale because you're gonna test this stuff out. You're gonna know it. You're gonna know yourself, your consumer, the strategy. You're gonna test the strategy, the creative, the marketing, the copy. Da 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 da. Now we can go. Let's throw some dollars in and let's make that dollar twenty, dollar fifty, or ten dollars back. You know something, Jose, as I'm listening to this, really what you're talking about, uh, if we were to break this down, the first learning phase is really just coming to terms with who is your ideal avatar? Who are you selling to? How are you going to, you know, what kind of pain points are they, are they experiencing? That's really where you go into the initial phases of mapping out who this person is. You know, they could even be someone who's five years earlier than you. Right. Someone who is, uh, you know, also wants to be wants to be an agency owner as opposed to someone who already is and is looking to and is looking to scale that. And I think also what's interesting about this whole process is that you can't really skip a step without really shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Because if you don't figure out that ideal avatar and then test it, you know, say maybe that ideal avatar doesn't have the money to pay you 
you know, the money that you're, that you're worth or that you think that you're worth, you know, in which case you have to go back to the drawing board. You have to figure that out. You can't even go to the, you can't even go to the, you know, the second learning phase, which is essentially refining your, you know, your hypothesis of what you came up with in the first learning phase. What would you say is a good way to, to test these theories? Like what, like what are your favorite tricks for testing the, for testing this before you go on to the second learning and the scaling phase? Yeah. So what I do is the first learning takes some time, you know, it takes about anywhere three to six months, depending if you have a strong team or a team behind you, then, you know, your research can happen much quicker, but that's going to take some time. Once you have that, I identify the shortest path to profit. What is the shortest way that I can communicate with my ideal consumer? I'm not talking about, I'm going to start running ads already. I'm going to do this. I might use Sales Navigator on LinkedIn to try to find prospects, and I'm and I will approach them not with a sell, but with a qualitative data research in mind. Right? I just want to get them on a Zoom call. I just want to get them on a phone call. I just want to talk to them, maybe even just chat back and forth and pick their brain. Hey, this is the solution. This is how I'm thinking of positioning it. This is the framework that I'm using to help them learn and digest it, et cetera. What are your thoughts? right? And ideally, if you hit the nail on the head, you're going to get two things out of that. You're going to get really good constructive criticism and feedback out of it. Two, you might even get a prospect to say, hey, I like what you're doing. I think you nailed it on the head. I get where you're going. I, I totally, yes, I'm on that boat. That's who I was thinking What are you thinking here? How are you going to build this out, et cetera? So just having those tangible conversations right off the back is going to help you tremendously before you go in. Now, once you do that, and you at that point, you should have a much more clear understanding of, again, the strategy, the messaging, and the content that you're going to throw out there. Then after that, it's testing. So you got to test. You got to give it at least, I always say, at least 90 days, at least 90 days of consistent content, consistent posting, consistent outreach, consistent ads, whatever the strategy calls for, give it at least 90 days. And you're going to want yourself set yourself up with some KPIs. You know, from the beginning, you can follow impressions. Okay. I just want to see my impressions grow within the next 90 days. Um, I also want to see inquiries, you know, maybe not sales because I haven't refined my sales at the end yet. I'm, I'm, this is the first approach of the tactic, but inquiries, you know, I'm hoping I get 10 inquiries by the, by these 90 days, right? So at that point, you're setting yourself up some benchmarks. You can get sophisticated with those benchmark and do a competitor analysis. What are people doing right now? If you know anyone in the industry, if you know anyone else is kind of doing the same thing, you can try to gauge them. Well, what's their conversion rate like? Um, how many impressions they gain? What's their traffic website? And there's so many tools in the online space now that can that can teach you that. So set some KPIs for yourself. Give it at least minimum 90 days to test it out. Once those 90 days are done, you're going to want to review everything, right? Review your content, review your material. What did you have inquiries? What did those inquiries lead to? Did you have actual calls with those people? What did that lead to? These are all just the different touch points in the sales process, right? They'll call it the sales funnel, um, the customer journey, whatever the case may be. But all of this stuff is good old classic sales, right? I have to knock on a door. I have to present myself. I have to give them the elevator pitch. I have to smile and nod and hopefully that they they, uh, relate to me like me enough to give me the opportunity to present the solution. You're doing all that same thing, but in the digital space. I was just going to interject here is that, you know, you're really talking about putting together a plan to review this stuff afterwards, right? So it's not just fire, you know, fire the gun and hope that the bullet hits its target. You're actually accompanying the bullet as it's traveling, 
right? In order to make sure that you actually, uh, you know, that you actually bring it there. Let's touch a little bit on scale, you know, because scaling, I think, is, um, you know, sometimes a little bit, a little bit misunderstood. Scaling, is, you know, this is basically where if you know that you're spending X amount of dollars on Facebook ads and you know that they're converting well enough that you're not that you're not losing money on those ads, you know, then it's very tempting to. OK, well, if I'm spending five hundred dollars now, maybe now I should spend ten thousand or a thousand or maybe after one thousand, I should spend two thousand dollars a month or after two thousand dollars a month, I should spend five thousand dollars a month. Really what that uh, all what that comes down to, though, is that, uh, you know, you have to make sure that you have enough bandwidth in your process that you're able to accommodate all of those leads. Right. Pre-qualify as many of those leads as possible. Right. And then also be able to, you know, to provide the service after you make your pitch and they say, yeah, give it to me. Right. What are your favorite ways to scale a product or service after you've gone through this learn, test, learn phase? The question reminds me of a client that came to me who was doing $80,000 a month with a, it was a replacement for safety pins for athletes, marathon runners. You know, they got nice $80 Nike thermo shirt on. They don't want to put holes in it. So then they use these little plastic pins to put their marathon um, numbers on. During COVID, his sales spiked to two million a month because now nurses were able to use the same pins to pin the mask on top of their cap so they don't get the ear, you know, dryness and the hurt and the pain, et cetera. Right. So he comes to me. And the reason why he came to me was because he already had an agency and he was talking to them about scaling. And they said, Well, you're saying you're spending X amount already on Facebook ads, spend more. That's how you scale. But he, it just didn't sit right with him. He just didn't. He just didn't. He felt like it could do something. Yeah, it's actually a lot more nuanced than that, which is why I'm asking the question. Yeah, exactly. Right? So then, what I helped him out with was again. Let's go back to the learn phase. So now you have a different ideal customer. They're not marathon runners anymore. They're nurses now. So let's see what's up with these nurses. Where are they? What's going on? What's their schedule looking like right now? How has COVID impacted their lives? Are they on digital less less or more? What's going on here, right? So we started learning that and we started applying different tactics. So we said, okay, this individual consumer, obviously Facebook is, is a great channel for them and it's producing, but Affiliate is also a good channel for them because they have nurses blogs and nurse groups and nurse forums. And there's these nurse-based or medical-based real estate platforms online that we haven't tapped into yet. And we can get into it on a paper performance model. We don't have to have a budget up front. We can engage those relationships. It's again, we're going back to original sales. We got the, we got this platform. We got to get in front of the decision maker there. We got to show them what we're doing, what we've done, who the ideal customer is, how this helps them, et cetera, and see. And then you work out the financials. How much commission can I give you to promote this to this and that, et cetera. So that was one of the taxes that we did. And he lit up Oh, great. I can scale without having an increased budget. That's amazing. So when it comes to scaling, and it goes back to that very first phase of it all, learn the individual because that individual is not just solely on Facebook. They're not just solely going to convert by Facebook ads. They're going to convert with other technologies, other platforms, other channels of communication. And that's where you're going to want to dig that in. It goes beyond the demographics because it goes into the lifestyle of them, right? Where are they? Who are they? How are they moving? How are they using their device? What device are they on? Um, and what's their mindset? What's their intent 
in all these different platforms that they're in. You know, I love that example because it's a, you know, it's a classic example of how your target audience shifted 90 degrees, right? Yeah. It's like you thought that you were selling it to, you know, to marathon, you know, and don't get me wrong, you know, runners are a huge market. You know, there's a lot, you know, they buy everything you put in front of them, right? And then, you know, you have this, you know, this pandemic that comes around and then boom, you know, there are no more marathons, but you do have a lot of nurses. Excellent example. Thank you so much for sharing that. Jose, can you please uh, tell everyone how they can um, how they can learn more about your agency and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Sure. Awesome. And thanks for the opportunity. You can find me on LinkedIn, Jose Quiroz. You can type in Jose Quiroz Digital and most likely you're going to find me. Um, the website is J-A-Y-Q-U-I-R-O-Z. So jquiroz.com. So you can reach me directly there. And those are really the two main platforms that I'm in. It goes also back to this whole understanding who, who you're selling and understanding who your target customer is. I do B2B sales. I deal with C-suite, business owners, or established founders, I don't really need to be on Facebook or on Instagram or on TikTok or on Snapchat, but LinkedIn, you'll find me there constantly creating content, constantly engaging and learning with folks. Um, So, and when one last thing I want to leave you with, the initial learning phase of it all goes on forever because your consumer is going to change, right? The pandemic has caused a lot of people, for example, on B2B, my number one strategy was speaking on stages, right? And I had panel speaking and everything was set up. And then everything shut down. So then we reverted back to, okay, where's this individual now? Well, they're on YouTube, they're on podcasts, they're on virtual events. Great. Let's shift the strategy there. So understand that it's always going to change because the world's going to change. The consumer's going to change. Their behaviors are going to change. So make sure that you're always consistently keeping that in mind and doing your research, do your homework. Very well said. Jose, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to break all this down. Yeah. Thank you, man. It has been a blast.